0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with a host whose head's so big, Goodyear once wanted to use it as a blimp. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome! It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, enjoying the spring weather of my home office here in Concord, North Carolina. So, in tonight's show, I'm going to finish up some uh, shapes of pipes that I think are the best for smoking. Then my guest tonight is Jeremiah Sandel. Sandall Pipes, going to be a lot of fun. Plus, uh, Jeremiah is quite a uh, piano player, so he's sent in some music that we'll be playing of his. Uh, Mailbag and hotel-related rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Before I get too far along, let me say a couple of shout-outs. One, to the JJ Hat Center in Manhattan. Their website is jj-hat hat dash center dot uh, com jJ hat Center wonderful guys wonderful group of people there if you need a quality and I'm talking top quality men's hat great place to uh, start shopping and shop online hey and if you're coming to the Chicago pipe show you may see the one that I bought there well they were uh they worked me a deal anyway and uh, another shout out to uh listener Peter Field's uh, daughter Cynthia they've opened up a bakery here in the Mooresville North Carolina area part of the Greater Charlotte area and I swung by there we were in the mood for some uh, good sweets last week didn't get a chance to eat them all before the show last week but oh boy wow all I can say is um, yum found a new place to go and and they've got some uh, gluten-free brownies that uh, that I'm sure my daughter liked. She didn't tell me. Anyway, if you want to check them out, the it, the website is c-y-n-t-u-c-c-i-s-bakery.com, com. If you're in the Charlotte area or coming through the Charlotte area and you need a place to stop and get something sweet, they're right off of I-77. It's not a uh, not a hard trip, so check them out. And don't forget uh, April next month. Wow, April is coming up quick. April is almost upon us. Uh, the Raleigh Pipe Show is the next one. April 11th, Triangle Area Pipe Smokers Convention. April 11th, North Carolina State Fairgrounds. Not sure I'll be there, but we will be uh, sampling some uh, good McBaron and Sutliff tobaccos there. So, All right, everybody. Let's get the show going, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl, and thank you to the McBarran Tobacco Company. Here we go.
1: This is Internet Radio. Back? I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fourmorgans.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention, Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fornoggins.com Fournoggins.com I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country... It's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com Welcome back to the uh, smoky room here.
0: Uh, Quickly, you know what I love about this time of the year? Don't have to run the air conditioner or the heater much at all. You know what I don't like about this time of the year? All the pollen in the air. Well, so you suffer. But it's been wonderful weather here. Anyway, so the past two weeks I talked about the billiard as a as probably the best smoking shape of a pipe. Talked about a couple of pipes, a couple of shapes the week before that I don't think are the best smoking shapes for pipes. So I thought I'd talk about what are exactly the best shapes, I think, in uh, pipes. And remember, I am the leading expert on my own opinion, so here it goes. If you're going to look at a pipe that uh, that is perfect for smoking, there's two that I want you to look at. The poker and the pot shape. Why do I pick out those two in particular? Well the poker, because it is perfectly round, and keep in mind I still want a quarter inch of wood all the way around it, and most cases the poker also has a good chunk of wood on the bottom of the bowl. So the poker shape is evenly its evenly distributed temperature, it's got that extra weight of wood on the bottom to stop from any burnouts towards the bottom of the bowl, and it tends to be you know, it tends to be easy to hold. Now, ask me, how many pokers do I have in my collection? Go ahead, I'll wait. Um, I think I only have one real true poker in my collection because it's not a real common shape in the pipes that I've bought. Uh, keep in mind, you don't want that poker shape going weird or wiggly or any stylized design to it because then you run the risk of getting that thin spot in the bowl. Uh, Going on to the pot shape, why do I like the pot shape pipe? Uh, Pot shape, the pot shape itself tends to be, it's a shorter, wider bowl. That wider bowl or wider tobacco chamber inside of it allows for the intricate blends to come out. You get a cooler taste because you've got that less concentrated burn area. And in most cases, it's got... The draft hole where you've got enough wood at the bottom where you're not going to worry about it. And because it's wider, it's less concentrated at the bottom too. So you're not going to hit one spot all the time in the bottom of the bowl and cause the burnout. But again, I want to make sure that I've got a quarter inch of wood all the way around it. So the pot shape, one of my favorites for a, uh, you know, you get a 7 inch tobacco chamber on a pot shape pipe. Works really well on a uh, on a complex blend. Get a poker with a three-quarter inch tobacco chamber. Smokes like a dream for just about any blend you want, including uh, the Virginia and Virginia Periques. Uh, One other shape I want to mention is the Bulldog. Now, in order to be a Bulldog, it has to have a diamond shank. It has to widen in the middle and have the two beads around it. Otherwise, if it widens in the middle and has the beads around it and has a round shank or anything else, technically it's a Rhodesian, so we'll include Rhodesians in it. Um, Why do I like these? Because they're girthier. There's more wood on the bowl, but yet by cutting away the wood on the top and the bottom to create the angular bulldog shape, you've lightened up the pipe. Uh, The hardiest part of smoking a pipe, again... When we're smoking, you get that quarter inch below the bowl and you get going towards the middle. That's when you're going to get that more intense heat going. And a bulldog's got all that wood out there. Now with a bulldog, you do want to be careful because the bottom of it represents a Dublin. And you can get some narrowing down there and lose some of that quarter inch of wood all the way around it. You can get a wide bulldog you can get a squat bulldog which then turns into basically what I was talking about with a pot shape or you can get a taller bulldog, which is really just a billiard with uh with really puffy puffy cheeks on it. but either way, the bulldog tends to be, in my opinion, a very solid durable smoking shape. We see uh many you know many fewer returns or burnouts on bulldog shapes than we do on some of the other shapes so. Some of this is uh, scientific, some of this is uh, out of the department of I've been in this for a while, and uh, some of it's my opinion. So there you go. Uh, if you've uh, got your opinion, feel free to post it on the uh, forums on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. I'll uh, check them out, we'll read them next week. All right, in just a minute, uh, pipe maker Jeremiah Sandall will be on the phone with me.
2: Craftsmanship. History. Tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products, from the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Baron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as Those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at Fine Tobacconists Everywhere.
0: Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me on the telephone is uh, one of the younger pipe makers again' we're, we're going a little younger here but uh I first saw Jeremiah's pipes I believe it was last year at the Chicago pipe show and was impressed from the start so please welcome to the show Jeremiah sandals welcome to the show thank you all right so tell everybody where'd you grow up where are you from let's get let's get to know you better
3: yeah so I'm a kind of a different. Kind of person than you might expect to be smoking a pipe. I wasn't the uh, get-tattooed kind of crowd. In fact, uh, I grew up in a fundamentalist family, and smoking, drinking, tattoos, that, that whole uh, scene was taboo for me growing up, so I just never thought about it. Um, but I, I spent uh, five years in Germany and went to high school there, and that opened my mind to uh, a lot of the world out there and set some things into motion and then I started thinking about it. So, um,
0: Now, go ahead and tell everybody, if you don't mind, why you were in Germany.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, my parents are actually missionaries in Germany and you think it's kind of weird for people to be missionaries to a country like Germany. You expect it to be more like the remote regions of Africa or South America. But uh, when I was 10, I was diagnosed with cancer. And they didn't have any facilities in third world countries to take care of cancer patients. So long story short, we ended up going to Germany instead. And uh, it was great. I loved learning about the German culture and getting to know people from a different part of the world. It really, it's it's eye-opening to see how other people live in other parts of the world.
0: Now the important question: Health wise, you're fine, no issues.
3: Yeah, after five years, they declared me cancer free. I've been in for a couple of checkups, and they haven't seen anything, so that's all good.
0: That's the important part. And then you learned how to eat pretzels and uh, and Wiener Schnitzel.
3: Pretzels and Wiener Schnitzel, and especially the good German bread. I love German bread. <laughs> I have a coworker here. Uh, in my day job as a web developer who um, has a German husband who owns a German bakery, and they just brought in German bread yesterday. And that was... There's no way to describe it if you haven't tried it. It's hearty. It's not like the squishy American Wonder Bread that you get in the store. Yeah,
0: it's almost a meal in a slice. That's right. Now, I did learn from drinking beer in Germany that if you have a slice of bread a slice of their bread with butter on it, you can drink a couple of beers with no problem.
4: Really? Yeah, but I, I you
0: actually, were, you were in high school then, so you don't know about that.
3: Well, actually, when I turned 16, all my teachers started congratulating me that I could smoke and drink. Because <laughs> that's the legal age there, but of course I was uh, not smoking and drinking or even thinking about it at that time, so.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think your parents would have been happy with it. So. No, no. Uh, when did you first get exposed to pipe smoking?
3: Um, I would say when I was in seminary, I started, uh, of course, there were, there were a few Christians in the past who've, ta- who've talked about pipe smoking and cigar smoking. And so I started reading a whole bunch of literature and learned about, uh, especially C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien and the, the way they talked about it just, intrigued me, because I thought, well, the Bible Bible doesn't uh, condemn smoking, and I had always thought that it did, so then uh, once I'd thought through it all, I just didn't see a reason to until I was sitting in the chair falling asleep what I was trying to read, and I thought, I wonder if pipe smoking would help me stay awake, because it's a stimulant, and coffee never did anything for me, so I uh, went to the drugstore and bought a cheap pipe it wasn't even a briar pipe uh and the middleton's cherry blend and i started smoking and enjoyed it amazingly enough
0: <laughs> so you um uh, you went to seminary and that your goal at that time was to was to uh follow in your parents footsteps
3: yeah i, I thought i wanted to be a missionary and i i realized that i was uh That I wasn't cut out for it after I got about halfway through the seminary program, but uh, I I really love the way my professors helped me to think through things and taking classes in logic and things to really open my eyes to uh, understanding the world out there. So,
0: correct me if I'm wrong, and I've always been interested in religion, all religions. Uh, When you go into seminary, they they want you to your your instructors want you to feel the they want you to feel the passion or the calling and if if you don't really feel it they'll kind of direct you away from it
3: yeah that can be true in a lot of cases um, it's more true that especially because I, I grew up in the Baptist world the Baptist churches are more independent of each other so it's more the churches that'll recognize your call or not Um they they never really questioned my calling because my dad was a missionary, and, and it's kind of one of those things where they just don't, if the son wants to do it, they, you, you kind of get the easy street to go in. So, uh, yeah, I, they they didn't question it. I was the one who ended up questioning it.
0: And now you're a web developer?
3: Yep. Uh, as it turned out, the, the turn of events there was I, I was working two jobs, Uh, plus I had a a hobby job on the side and trying to fit seminary in during the mornings and I wasn't able to provide for a growing family so I ended up taking night school classes in web development because I'd done some uh, a lot of computer stuff in high school and college Uh, so I, I went through the the web development course, and decided I could make a lot more money doing that than I could uh, working part-time as a FedEx courier, yeah. and <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I, I went for it, and it's been a good decision. I've been able to provide for the family, and as our family has grown, we've been able to uh, meet the needs of the family, and that was that was really the, the big physical push for me to drop out of seminary. We just couldn't uh keep up a, a schedule that would allow me to to provide for the family with a full time job and meet the demands of seminary, so
0: Yeah, now that you say that I remember there I think there was a uh, was there a stroller with a uh, with a young one running around Chicago last year? Yes.
3: Yeah. Well she wasn't running at the time, but yeah, yeah. My, my wife was there with my uh youngest daughter Katya last year she was just an infant now she's running around
0: <laughs> now she's running around and chasing after a pipe
3: <laughs> yeah she, she does if I leave my pipe sitting around or my stummels from pipe making they get picked up by the kids I have to keep them up pretty high <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. so you so you survived the uh the pipe in Middleton's cherry and then from that point on how did how did we get further into pipe smoking?
3: Well, um, I, I thought after that, well, I can do a better job than this because the pipe wasn't drilled very well, and the stem actually was just a cheap plastic stem. It wasn't even a rubber-based stem uh, or <laughs> acrylic. So I thought I could do better than this. So I went on eBay and I bought a thirty-dollar block of uh, plateau briar and a stem blank for two hundred and fifty, and I can I can figure this out. <laughs> and uh, so I, I really didn't start collecting pipes as much as I started just making them for myself because I thought that would be a lot cheaper than spending the $60 it would take for me to buy a Savinelli.
0: Yeah. So, how'd, how'd that work out for you?
3: Well, I don't know. I think I'm $6,000 into the equipment to make pipes now. So <laughs> I think I got a really nice pipe collection for that.
0: yeah but at the same time now you can make your own pipe
3: yes and and that's what i discovered i just loved doing it once i started making pipes and um i i also branched out into other tobaccos i was introduced to a lot of new tobaccos and stuff through the youtube pipe community and they uh I started re- reviewing tobaccos, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds fun to try. So slowly but surely, I started ordering some and trying them out. Branched out from aromatics into some English blends and uh, pre converted Virginia blends.
0: And how long ago was this? Because you're, you're still relatively new into this.
3: Yeah, I, I started, I think it was late 2010. Yeah. Uh, both It was only a few months into pipe smoking that I started making them, but yeah. um, So I haven't been doing it very long.
0: So tell us all what happened to the first pipe that you tried to make.
3: Oh yeah. Um, Well, I didn't know that you were supposed to turn a tenon. I thought the stem blank was just ready to go and you just needed to sand it. And so I drilled a hole about the size of the tenon into the block and got it to fit in there somehow with a little bit of Sanding and finessing, and uh, I guess finessing is the wrong word to use. But the hole's <laughs> met at the bottom, and it smoked tobacco. <laughs> and I didn't know any better because I hadn't smoked very much before. So it uh, it's sitting somewhere in a box, hiding, so I don't burn it. Because uh, I think if my wife let me find it, I would probably burn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: did you have any any help or mentoring when you uh, when you started?
3: When I first Started, I watched a, a few videos on YouTube, and that was about it. And then I bought the Pimo pipe crafting book, How to Make Pipes at Home, and that was about it for the first several months. Until I start, I was posting pictures and videos on YouTube and, and Instagram, and people people would comment here and there with th- tips and tricks. And some of the guys were nice, and they would they would. Uh, do phone conferences or Skype with me and teach me, but it, I really didn't make good pipes back then.
0: Uh, don't feel bad. I don't think anybody makes good pipes their first couple of uh, couple of dozen or so, but uh, apparently you got over it somehow.
3: Yeah um, the uh, the big the big revelation. I mean, my pipes did get better. The second one had a proper mortis. And then, by the third one, I actually bought a tend through turning tool and uh it, so it kind of progressed and then um let's see the Chicago show two years ago is kind of when when I started improving significantly um, Walt Kenoy at the show was uh he 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 uh volunteered to critique the pipes that I brought to the show because I thought mine were great and uh he he critiqued them for about an hour and a half in the smoking tent at Chicago in the dark and had enough to stay in the dark for an hour and a half. They were that bad.
0: <laughs> uh, well, wait a second. Walt is not short of words either. So. No,
3: no. It, he, he, he does know how to fill up space. But he, he told me uh, not just what was wrong with them, but why it was wrong. And because of my background in music and art from living in Germany, I, I was able to understand it in those terms and realize well, pipe making is more than just uh, it's more than just drilling holes and making making a pipe. It's there's art to it too. And uh, I, I actually showed my pipes to uh, Bruce Weaver as well, and he he gave me a real uh, kick in the pants, figuratively speaking. Uh, in no uncertain terms, he told me, your, price, your pipes are ugly and overpriced. <laughs> and I walked out of the so crying, uh, which I thought a grown man shouldn't do that. But uh, he was right. He was absolutely right. And so I went, I went home and I was just determined I was not going to have anybody ever say that to me again. I was going to make pipes that anybody would be happy to, to see. So that was kind of the fire under my pants the Chicago show
0: two years ago so both of those guys did to you what I do to my kids which is tell them what they're doing wrong and tell them why it's wrong and then let them figure it out from there and, uh, yep. and go forward and from what I saw last year it looks like it works uh, we're going to take a break right here when we come back we'll talk about uh, more pipes and then you piqued my interest with music and art so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute
2: if you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CuppaJoes.com. CuppaJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CuppaJoes.com is also your one stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CuppaJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. CuppaJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices.
4: Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savonelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. This is Internet Radio.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Jeremiah and... So let me ask you, when you now, that you're, now that your pipes are shaped correctly, drilled correctly, and, you, and you've got the artistic eye for it, what was, the, uh, what was the hardest part of pipe making for you? What was the hardest thing to learn?
3: Um, well, I didn't have any background in tools coming into it other than, you know, home improvement tools and a couple of small woodworking projects. Uh, I'd done a lot of carving. But I think the hardest thing for me has been to develop my eye see the details that I need to fix because until you can see it you can't fix it and uh, so training my eye I would say is the hardest hardest obstacle that I've had to overcome up until now
0: Was there initially a fear at the beginning of cutting off too much wood and making a mistake?
3: Um, I don't know that I would characterize it as a fear but no I didn't take off enough wood at the beginning Um, I just didn't but i I would say it was that I didn't see it more than that it was um being afraid to cut off too much wood. I've actually made a couple of pipes that were probably too thin um just to to explore how how thin you can go with not having it burn out so
0: <laughs> to to go as far as we can yeah uh now currently you are. <laughs> Currently, you are a part-time pipe maker and full-time web developer, so your production is not a uh, not a couple hundred pipes a year.
3: Uh, no, I, I I'll be lucky to make, you know, thirty thirty-five pipes in a year, maybe forty if I'm having a, a lot of pipe shop time.
0: Yeah. Plus, you've got a young family, <laughs> and I would imagine the shop time usually comes after bedtime. Yep.
3: Yeah. Fortunately, all four of my kids go to bed between like 7 and 8, so I can usually get two, three, four hours before I go to bed myself between the time they go to sleep. And then on on weekends, I usually spend most of the day Saturday in my shop, and all my kids right here in the shop with me, I'll turn on some kids' music and they'll start dancing, and it's uh that's, that's one of the things I just love about pipe making, getting to be right here next to my family and uh have a conversation with them while I'm standing and I think it'll build great memories for them too when they're older. Uh
0: so what's their what's their favorite kind of music? Is it the wiggles or uh or that is that or am I dating myself now?
3: <laughs> well, I don't know what the wiggles are but uh <laughs> I'm dating myself. <laughs> I I do like to introduce them to all kinds of music, you know, anything from John Cash to classical music to um, even even the uh, medieval, Renaissance music, chants, uh, all the way up to my my wife especially likes to listen to Irish folk music. So they they get a, a pretty wide variety. For dancing, there there are a few playlists on YouTube that have kids song, Uh I think they're recorded off the Wii or something like that, and they just have a time listening and dancing.
0: So when did your uh, when did your appreciation for classical music and for all the uh, all the esoteric genres that you just mentioned when did that
3: come in? Um, I would say during my time in Germany, uh, my piano or my piano teacher was kind of world renowned uh, in the piano world. She she did a rehabilitation for pianists who had gotten carpal tunnel from playing piano the wrong way, and so she she did music, th- or it's not music therapy, but like uh, piano player therapy uh, oh. in England a few years, and she traveled most of Europe in accompanying and concerts and things like that. So I had a very, very good teacher in high school, and she forced me to play everything from... Uh, 15th-century music all the way up through 21st-century abstract music and stretched me in every possible way. And uh, that took me a long way from playing the entertainer, which I still like playing. Um,
0: Wait, 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 wait. You can play the syncopated rhythms of ragtime?
3: I can. Actually, uh, my senior year in high school, I guess I had nothing better to do, so I decided to... um, to make a piano music CD. And one of the songs on that CD is, a, uh, is the, re- the Entertainer. So I did all the recording and editing and production and printing the CDs and labeling them and everything.
0: So actually the piece that, of music that we're going to play in just a few minutes is 100% Jeremiah. So uh, five, five, six years of serious piano lessons.
3: When I went to college, uh, my parents did encourage me to broaden my horizons and not just follow in in their footsteps, so I went as a music major and had two years of college-level piano piano classes, but I didn't feel like I was learning as much as I had in in high school because I'd gotten spoiled by a world-class teacher, so I ended up switching majors at that point. So, um, yeah, that's the, the music, I think, really opened my eyes because it's It's completely different than math or science. You you can't calculate the perfect song. You have to feel it. And uh, learning how to feel the the music is something you can only learn from somebody who who can feel it themselves.
0: Yeah, and I can't describe to you the perfect pipe. I have to feel it and see it and discover it. Yeah. And I use musical terms when I'm trying to describe how a tobacco tastes to somebody when we're working on blends and when I'm actually, you know, like sitting down and trying to think of what the blend tastes like. Mm -hmm. And I can't even play the radio correctly, so let alone (laughs) play an instrument. And now you're playing piano and all that, and I don't think I like you anymore. Uh how are your pipes graded and what is the pricing of them?
3: Um, my my grading system is something I thought of for a while. I'd like to honor the tradition of pipe smoking because the tradition of it, I've been mean, going all the way back to Bach in his uh, poem that he wrote about about uh, pipe smoking. Yeah. And that, I mean, that that tradition of pipe smoking is one of the things that got me into it in the first place. So my nomenclature for grading is based off of father. And so the the first graded step of pipe would be the father grade. And if I ever make a pipe that I consider better than father grade, then I will put a grandfather grade on it. And uh, otherwise, my pipes are numbered from the First one of that year, so it'll have uh, the first one of 2015 had 115 on it. Um, the pricing starts about 275 to 300 for a simple fan blast with no frills on it uh, in the classic shape. And uh, my most expensive pipe to date was about 750, but that one was uh, it was kind of a handcrafted sculpture art piece that. Uh, I wouldn't consider any any form of a classical shape. And it also took me about four times as long to make as any other pipe. Uh, But my my normal pipes will run between about 275 and maybe 450 on the upper end for a smooth. That's more interesting.
1: So
0: all the time while we've been sitting here thinking, all I can think of is, you oh, ever have you ever thought yeah. of doing a bullfrog <laughs>
3: shape well not until you mentioned it <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and what would a bullfrog shape be
3: uh i i would have to think it would be stout and uh probably have to have some bumps on it some rustication type thing going on i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll draw up a design and uh <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and it, 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 just as long as it wouldn't croak a lot
3: <laughs> yeah no no croaking in my pipes i i don't uh, don't like any croaking or whips <laughs>
0: has there been a has there been a shape of a pipe that you've been trying to work on and trying to perfect that's been uh, tough for you to get to where you're happy with it
3: all of them um <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: next question no <laughs>
3: I can't say that there's any pipe that I've made that I've been 100% happy with. Um, There are a lot of pipes that I've made that I think are good pipes, but there are always little details that I wish I could have done better after I, you know, a few months later. Um, But in terms of, like, an actual shape, I would say the billiard is still what I'm trying to master. I, I have a pretty good idea of what it's supposed to look like in my head, and I'm learning to put that into a pipe
0: and we all know the uh, Chicago pipe show is coming up again was the 2013 Chicago show your first pipe show yeah so what what was it like walking in there for you
3: Uh, I didn't know what to expect other than what I'd heard on the radio show here so um, I walked in with basically no expectations I expected maybe to meet up with a few people and my my goal was really to find pipe makers that would tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, a lot of the people on social media won't tell you if your pipes look ugly, and I wanted somebody to tell me they were ugly.
0: <laughs> Apparently, you found two really qualified people to do that.
3: Yeah, yeah, and um, and other people have since told me they're ugly, too, uh, I, especially on pipe makers forum. They were very uh, forthright in, in telling me where I was making mistakes, and, and that was really good i've I've sought out people to tell me what i'm doing wrong so i can improve
0: so if you see jeremiah at the chicago pipe show tell him his pipes are ugly and he'll be happy and then buy one Mm -hmm. from him yeah there you go yeah uh so besides are, are you still playing are you still playing the piano regularly or
3: i play for church um i do that on a regular basis and i play we have a piano in our, in our home and i play that for the kids a lot um i don't have a whole lot of time to practice anymore because i'm quite busy with having four kids and yeah. running a <laughs> running a business after hours so
0: four yeah. four kids a full-time job a part-time job and uh, and being involved in your church yeah you've probably got about 20 minutes on a tuesday
3: if that, yeah, I, I can't say that I've practiced much in the last two years, but the last few weeks I've picked it up again and been more into music again. So kind of comes and goes with what I have time for. So
0: if the, uh, if the Chicago Pipe Show guys are listening and if there might be a piano somewhere around the show, we might get Jeremiah to sit down and play for us too.
1: There
3: you go, put a piano in the smoking tent and uh, I'll bring along some ragtime and play some barroom music for you.
0: Yeah. All right, how do we go about getting your pipes?
3: Uh, That's the way uh, – there's there's two ways at the moment. Um, one way is to send me an email, jeremiah at com, um, and just tell me what, you, what you're looking for, and I'll tell you uh, what kind of price range you're looking at. Um, and then I usually drop a sketch of, of what we're talking about and maybe go through three, four iterations until – you're happy with the sketch, and then I'll make the pipe. Um, also, this last week, the uh, pipes were put up on Quality Briar. So you can get my pipes through Quality Briar now.
0: And the website is sandahlpipe.com, sandalpipe.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So make sure and go check it out. There's a, There's a bunch of bunch of pipes to look at in the gallery and a bunch of stuff to poke around on and explanations on all the details of materials and all the technical stuff that I don't care about just make me a pretty pipe that smokes right and I'm happy. Uh, there so we will uh, wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite pipe?
3: I have to say the one that I'm holding right now, which happens to be a Walt Canoy Lobat. and a
0: little, a little Walt Canoy love there. Uh, there you what, go. What's your favorite tobacco? Uh,
3: my favorite one of all times was probably the uh, Balkan Sabrani Virginia Number no. Ten, but I only got to smoke one bowl of that. So uh, on a regular basis, I would say Scudo is my favorite.
0: Yeah, you get a hold of some of that old stuff, it might ruin your palate forever.
3: Yeah, I I kind of wish in some ways that I hadn't ever tried it.
0: (laughs) I I had that happen to me with cigars, and it was a long time ago, and now I'm a pipe smoker, and I'm happy. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite drink?
3: Uh, Homebrew. I have an amber ale that I've made so far, and that's it. Um, But I really enjoy it.
0: So you went from a fundamentalist upright upbringing where you've got a beard and home brewing and uh, any tattoos yet?
3: No tattoos.
0: Okay. All right. Good. All right. We got something. <laughs> okay. uh, when it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music? Uh, I'm going to
3: say music.
0: And your tastes are about as eclectic as mine, so I would imagine it's not just one genre, it's just whatever happens to float your boat that night?
3: Yeah, I, I would say it's most often going to be some classical music, Bach, Beethoven, and uh, Haydn.
0: Oh yeah, those those young upstart guys, yeah. Yeah, those, those,
3: those newfangled
0: bands. Yeah. And last but not least, any particularly favorite pipe-smoking-related memory?
3: Boy, that one's hard. Uh, anytime I can smoke with somebody, I love smoking with a friend. Uh, probably the, the one that sticks out in my mind is when uh, last year at the Chicago show, I got to sit down with Brandon Marquette and uh, smoke a, a bowl of 15-year-old Escudo. And uh, it was just a sublime experience. You forget the, the world was still revolving around the sun. And, uh, <laughs> just absorb yourself into the into the moment.
0: Yeah, Brandon and his uh, collection of vintage tobaccos. Uh. <laughs> Jeremiah, thank you very much. Everybody, check out sandalpipe.com and uh, hey, we'll see you in a few weeks. Sounds great. Thank you. We'll be back with the show in just a minute. The year was
5: 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends. From the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and yes, Jeremiah is three things I am not. Uh, young, talented, and kind-hearted. Uh, I was once young, but Jeremiah was nice enough to send us a him playing the famous Scott Joplin piece, The Entertainer. So for music tonight, this is uh, Jeremiah doing Scott Joplin. we can get him in front of a piano at the uh, Chicago Pipe Show, because I want to see him play that live. You've got some mail. In the mailbag, let me clarify uh, one thing that has come up a couple of times, and uh, some been questioned a couple of times my full-time job now is as the national sales manager for mcbarron and sutliffe which also includes uh brigham and the pipes and accessories yes that is my full-time monday through friday job and the pipes magazine radio show is my fun after hours job but uh yeah the thing that pays the bills is uh the Sutliff and McBaron job, and that seemed to confuse a few people. All right, Ed Green writes, in response to uh, last week's show, Thank you for another great show. I'm sitting here processing Brian's rant and how it applies to our pipes in art thread. I've done everything possible. Once the bombardment of everyone's simple searches ebbed to annotate the artist of each work as well as informing people in the comment uh in the commentaries of where the images are coming from I started with every museum with an online presence and am now combining auction houses past sales catalogs I try to do uh uh yeah okay I try to do due diligence in researching and correcting any mistakes in identification I am enjoying the search, including the thousands of non-pipe artworks I've viewed, but what I've wanted all along was to add as complete a collection as possible to the community that taught me so much when I, started, uh, when I restarted my uh, piping after 40 years. It's added a wealth of pleasure into a life that is mostly in subtraction mode. How can we make it better? so that these works can be enjoyed for many years on. All suggestions are welcome. I, I'd say make sure that we uh, get everything annotated correctly so that we know who those people are, and uh, you know, just uh, keep posting that stuff and let people know where it's from. Uh, Lord of the Pipe Rings writes, It's always a pleasure to hear Pear discuss tobaccos. I'm hoping with this new look at the H.H. McBaron we'll add a nice straight-up Virginia Perique blend, their version of Dunhill's Deluxe Navy Rolls is what I'm hoping for. A great episode. Keep up the good work. Uh, there are a couple of new things in the works, but uh, nothing in a round yet that I know of. Uh, John Silo writes, Hi Brian, I got home a bit late, so I'm listening a bit later than usual. You go fight the weeds, I'm going to wait another month. As you say, At least, at least a quarter inch wall thickness. I prefer more. The Dublin has not been one of my favorite shapes due to the reasons you mentioned. Good advice on the Bentz, bowl shapes and the tobacco chamber. Uh, He says, it is interesting that Pere George Jensen was born into a pipe making family and he continues now in the tobacco end. I wonder if his explanation of how they made pipes would be the same for example Dunhill. Uh, the amount of testing, modification, and mixing for the HH line that is dependent on availability of the basic tobaccos in a blend is phenomenal. I hope the new HH tobacco does not affect me like the 1792 blend did. Cold chills, etc. Um, it will. Uh, it may give you the hot sweats, though. Uh, music, Duncan Honeyborn, piece Called the Irish Jig was nice. Rant posting without attribution. It seems like it becomes done more and more each day. Yes, photos should be attributed when used, but I doubt it will happen. Nice show. I hurried home tonight from one of my club meetings to listen to you, albeit a bit late. Time for bed. And uh, Dino writes, Hi, Brian. A very entertaining show. I enjoyed the Pair 2 conversation and am looking forward to giving HH Vintage Syrian a try. I'm also intrigued by the new HH blend. The music by Mr. Honeyborn was quite lovely and a nice coda to my day as the husband of an Irish-Italian woman who fr- fully embraces both sides of her cultures and my and my own Greek one. It was Irish music all day, a sumptuous corned beef and cabbage, soda bread dinner, and a post-Prendile Peterson Antique Collection 1910 bulldog that my wife bought me when... We visited the Grafton shop in Dublin, filled with sweet Killarney. Now I have to gird myself for the Italian side. St. Joseph's Day on Thursday. Pasta, Pavarotti, Sinatra, Montepicciano, and my uh, Costello Calabash. Hey, Dino, add in there a Barolo uh, Barolo wine. Uh, He goes on to write, Life is good. As a retired teacher librarian, I'm more than aghast at the theft of ideas, images, and authorships Without the hint of citation or attribution, too bad, for Ed, Ed, friend Ed Lehman is no longer, no longer with us. So that he and Rick Newcomb could sue the bastards. Happy trails, Dino. Uh, Racer X says another great show, Brian. I could listen to Per Jensen for hours. The man's deep knowledge of pipes and tobaccos, bright mind, and lovely Danish-accented English. Make for a wonderful listening experience. Hope I get to meet him in person someday. Can't wait to find out what the new McBaron HH blend is. And Casey Ghost writes, uh, no way to sugarcoat it, but Dublin's just suck. Okay. Uh, 40 years ago, I bought a Ben Wade freehand Dublin that is still the most beautiful pipe I've ever owned. At the local cigar store, we had a gentleman that worked there that was a, that was poor as a church mouse, but he loved the older Ben Wades. So I did the right thing and gave him the pipe. I greatly enjoyed the interview with Per Jensen. He is a class act. Just love the way he explains the details and the many facets of tobacco processing. His stories on the history of his family and McBarrons is just riveting. The music was quite pleasant. Might have preferred uh, Dennis Day doing When Irish Eyes Are Smiling. Yeah, I you know, I thought of doing something like that, but that's a little too predictable for me. Uh, and then... Casey Ghost goes on to write, totally agree on the rant. As you know, I use tons of pictures in the KC Club newsletter, and I always try to give an attribution to a given picture. It is important that we recognize those who did the real work. And in my opinion, again on that rant, it's important that, you know, I think these people that are grabbing these images and posting them on Facebook and forums and stuff without attribution or trying to show how wonderful they are at doing Google searches and it's like they found it or they created it. No, let's let's put it out there for everybody to see. All right, uh, events coming up. Uh, mentioned Raleigh already. Chicago Pipe Show, May 2nd and 3rd. Really, May 1st, 2nd and 3rd. May April 30th, May 1st, 2nd and 3rd. That is in St. Charles, Illinois. On May 9th, the Lomar Pipe Show in uh, Lomar, Germany. And then June 19th, 20th, and 21st, the Kansas City Pipe and Tobacco Show in uh, Riverside, Missouri, at the Argosy Casino on the north side of Kansas City. Then uh, July 12th, the British Pipe Smoking Championship. Then we head into August, and we'll save that all that stuff for uh, later on in the year. Uh, let me just remind you, JDRF auctions are coming up. They are coming up. We'll be starting in about a week and a half with them. We got a little bit delayed because the JDRF has not put their links up yet for the walks. All right, in just a minute,
1: rant time. This is Internet Radio.
5: Cowboy Cowboy
0: I am a gold member of the Hilton Honors uh, Membership Club or the Rewards Program, whatever you want to call it. And that means that I spend, oh, you know, like 30 or 40 or 50 nights a year in A Hilton Hotel property. So a couple weeks ago, I go to check into the Hampton Inn that I had booked and had booked a smoking room, booked that particular location specifically because it was a, uh, because I could reserve a smoking room. I get into the hotel, get there, and the guy at the front desk says, oh no, I'm sorry, we've stopped having smoking rooms. No, you haven't. I told him, I said, I've got it booked right here. I booked it three weeks ago. It's confirmed a smoking room no he said I'm sorry after uh, two, week, uh, two weeks ago we uh, switched over to all non-smoking I said no you didn't I've got this room so anyway the room that I had requested with the king size bed and the whatever was not available to me but he did say that, he would, that he's been allowed to compromise and give me a smaller room that has not been remodeled yet and it had uh, two, uh, uh, two full size beds in it and it was at the back of the building I said, okay, I'll take it, and then in the morning I'll talk to your manager, because I had a confirmed smoking room. So I get the smoking room with the world-famous paper cup and water ashtray, because they don't have any more ashtrays for those rooms, and I survived the one night in that room. It's the smallest room I've ever been in at a Hampton Inn. It's in the back corner of the entire hotel, right up against the train tracks that run behind the hotel. Am I happy the next morning? No. It had been a long travel day, a late night, and I get to the hotel and they screw up my room and then I get the wrong room. I get up in the morning. I explain to the manager what had happened. He quickly, and to his credit, quickly said, I'm sorry, but my front desk clerk was wrong. We are in the process of remodeling all the rooms. However, we will keep three or four smoking rooms and the room that you requested is one of them. Let me move you to it. To shorten the story a little bit, he wanted to give me some uh, credit. So what he did was, instead of discounting my bill, he gave me 20,000 Hilton Honors points, which works out to pretty much a free hotel room night somewhere down the road. So, uh, and it appears that uh, Hilton Honors he is now, or Hilton is now trying to uh, push people to, or push their hotels to have... Fewer and fewer smoking rooms or go non-smoking completely. I've sent an email off to Hilton explaining to them that if they do it corporate-wide as a policy, guess what? I'm done. Gone. If they're doing it just because the local municipalities require it, I can understand that. All right, and uh, don't forget Smoketells.com works in most cities and uh, has smoking rooms in it. But I would uh, call ahead just to make sure and confirm with the actual hotel. All right. Don't forget Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Brand new episodes every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tell all your friends. If you haven't had a chance, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes and on Stitcher. We do appreciate those. Post any comments that you have on PipesMagazine.com. And if you're not a member there already, hey, it's free, so you can afford it. I want to thank Jeremiah for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you to the Sutliff Bamba Tobacco Company. Until next time.
5: Happy to you. about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. One, two, three, happy trails to you till we meet you.
1: Due to construction, the information highway will be closed until further notice.